February 12th. And now, as we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, our narrative today will be from the book of Matthew, chapter 27, verses 15 through 31. Yesterday, we began giving you Jesus as the example to follow when you suffer unjustly. We learned yesterday that he did not reply when he was accused. Today, in this passage of Scripture, we'll learn that he did not retaliate when abused. He had the power to destroy those who mocked him. In fact, legions of angels would have delivered him. All he had to do was call upon them. But it was the Father's will that he suffer as he did. And Jesus was obedient to his Father's will. There is a a great example and lesson in the use, or in this case, the non-use of power. One of the reasons, one of the main reasons that God does not give certain individuals power is simply because they would use it over others, to lord it over others for uh, their own building up, to build their own empires. And that's why God withholds power from some who actually seek after it. Remember, Jesus did not use his power when he could. The temptation, of course, is we would say, well, we wouldn't use our power either. We would uh, hold it in reserve. But then when we're faced with abuse and accusations, uh, the temptation to use power would simply be far too great. Let's find out how he handled all of this as we read now in the New Testament. February 12th, Matthew chapter 27. Verses 15 through 31. Now it was the governor's custom to release one prisoner to the crowd each year during the Passover celebration, anyone they wanted. This year there was a notorious criminal in prison, a man named Barabbas. As the crowds gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? He knew very well that the Jewish leaders had arrested Jesus out of envy. Just then, as Pilate was sitting on the judgment seat, his wife sent him this message, Leave that innocent man alone, because I had a terrible nightmare about him last night. Meanwhile, the leading priests and other leaders persuaded the crowds to ask for Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. So when the governor asked again, Which of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back their reply, Barabbas! But if I release Barabbas, Pilate asked them, What should I do with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? And they all shouted, Crucify him! Why? Pilate demanded. What crime has he committed? But the crowd only roared the louder, Crucify him! Pilate saw that he wasn't getting anywhere, and that a riot was developing. So he sent for a bowl of water, and washed his hands before the crowd, saying, I am innocent of the blood of this man. The responsibility is yours. And all the people yelled back, We will take responsibility for his death, we and our children. So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to crucify him. Some of the governor's soldiers took Jesus into their headquarters and called out the entire battalion. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him. They made a crown of long, sharp thorns 
and put it on his head. And they placed a stick in his right hand as a scepter. Then they knelt before him in mockery, yelling, Hail, King of the Jews! And they spit on him, and grabbed the stick, and beat him on the head with it. When they were finally tired of mocking him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him away to be crucified. Psalm 33, verses 12 through 22. We'll hear about God's Word in history. Yesterday we learned about God's Word in worship and His Word in creation. In this passage, we'll learn about His Word in history. The nations may confederate and rebel against God, but His Word will prevail. Military strength is no guarantee of success. God has a plan for the nations, and He will fulfill it. And we'll also learn about God's Word in your life. The Word that created and controls the universe can also control your life. When you trust His Word and obey it, all the universe works for you. God is real big on obedience. And there's a, a principle that is just as sure as gravity. And the principle is this. Obedience brings blessing. When you abandon that word, all the universe works against you. And you end up mad at God. Never fear the will of God. Because it comes from the heart of God. It was Amy Carmichael who wrote... Blessed are the single-hearted, for they shall enjoy much peace. If you refuse to be hurried and pressed, if you stay your soul on God, nothing can keep you from that clearness of spirit, which is life and peace. In that stillness, you will know what His will is. That's a promise. You will know. My name is Aaron Maines. I'm 30 years old. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. I'm in phase one here at the refuge. I've been here about 27 days. Uh, what brought me to the refuge is I struggle with addiction my whole adult life. I've burned every bridge that I've almost ever ever built. I I was a I was really bad with addiction. I lost all the trust with my family. I was grew distant from my children. And it was a long road down a deep, deep well. And it got to a place where it was so dark that the only light that I could see was God's. And my friends told me that I needed to get help. And so I reached out to my mother-in-law and she told me about the refuge. And she came the next day and got me and took me to the church at the Veritas. And they accepted me. And when I got here to the refuge, I found a place that, where people were happy to see me. And I felt loved and accepted despite my flaws and def despite my addiction. And despite all the you know, terrible things I had done out there, that they, were, they accepted me with open arms. And it was, it was a relief to be here. And since I've been here, I've developed a relationship with God and the brothers here at the refuge. And it's such a family environment and... It's been such a positive thing for me in my life, and I'm so grateful for the refuge, and, you know, the, the power of prayer here has worked tremendously in my life. It's brought me so much peace in my heart and my family's heart to know that I'm here getting 
you know, a, better. I have a sober mind now and I'm thinking clear again and I'm healthy again and I'm forever grateful for the refuge, for bringing me and my family that peace. And when I get out of the ref, when I complete the refuge, I hope to, you know, God will help me restore the relationships with my family, with my children, Aaron and Aubrey. I want to become a better man of God that my parents would be proud of. And I'd like to help children who are at risk and help my community that has been, you know, ravaged with drugs and I just want to give a word of encouragement to anybody that's thinking about, you know, things on the street. Just keep your mind on God and stick with this and trust in the coordinators and trust in your brothers that you can do anything with the power of God. And the power of prayer is as strong as I've ever, ever seen. And if you stick with it, it'll work for you. If it works for me, it, it, it can definitely help you. And No one has ever been able to bear the preaching of the gospel. They will either turn against it with the fierceness of an animal or they will be converted. Throw yourself upon Christ. Trust in Him. Trust in Him. We are not called to build empires. We are not called to be accepted. We are called to glorify God. Eternity. The day you stand in those granite halls before the Lord of glory and kings, the greatest men on earth are divided and split and culled. Some cast into eternal hell and some invited into eternal glory live for eternity. These Olympians, how, how majestic they are, but only for a moment. They start training when they're four and five years old. They never do anything but train until they're 22. They run a nine-second race for a medal they hang up, and that's it. Cannot give equal for eternal things. There is one there who is infinite in glory. And you will spend an eternity of eternities tracking him down. And you will never get your arms even around the foothill of his mountain. I can't live like this anymore. I can't live just reading books. I can't live just reading about revivals and about people who knew somebody, who knew somebody, who knew somebody, who knew you. So many different things you want to know and do in all the books. Get out a book on God. This one. For it is for this we labor and strive because we fixed our hope on the living God. This is not some martyr thing in which we uselessly give our lives to nothing only to be pulverized without hope. No! We serve God and God will honor us. We have fixed our hope on that and that gives us strength. Strength. Oh, this life is a vapor. I'm 47, but yesterday I was 21. Where did it all go? It is a vapor. While you have strength, preach. I praise God that in His providence as a young man, I spent myself in the Andes Mountains and in the jungles of Peru doing what I no longer have the strength to do. While you are a young man, while there is strength in you, labor with all your might. Take those stupid video games of yours and crush them under your feet. Throw the TV out the window. You were made for greater things than these. If you're a child of the King, nothing on this earth can satisfy. Nothing. I want the power of God on my life. Then something's got to go. I want to know Him. Then 
some separation has to occur. Anything it takes, you have to literally be before the Lord. Lord, anything it takes, anything it takes. Psalm 33, verses 12 through 22. What joy for the nation whose God is the Lord, whose people He has chosen for His own. The Lord looks down from heaven and sees the whole human race. From His throne He observes all who live on the earth. He made their hearts, so He understands everything they do. The best-equipped army cannot save a king, nor is great strength enough to save a warrior. Don't count on your war horse to give you victory. For all its strength, it cannot save you. But the Lord watches over those who fear Him, those who rely on His unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We depend on the Lord alone to save us. Only He can help us, protecting us like a shield. In Him our hearts rejoice, for we are trusting in His holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, Lord, for our hope is in you alone. Proverbs chapter 9, verses 1 through 6. Wisdom has built her spacious house with seven pillars. She has prepared a great banquet, mixed the wines, and set the table. She has sent her servants to invite everyone to come. She calls out from the heights overlooking the city. Come home with me, she urges the simple. To those without good judgment, she says, Come, eat my food, and drink the wine I have mixed. Leave your foolish ways behind, and begin to live. Learn how to be wise.